0: I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. I'm so excited about today's episode, you guys. I'll be speaking with an amazing woman who has truly become a dear friend, Bridie Stewart of Merry Maker Studio. Bridie is an incredible fiber artist, innovator, and teacher. She's very much a mentor to me and, in many ways, a business partner. We started Macrame Movement together and have just been super lucky to have found each other. And today, we have something special for all of you listening. You can get 15% off your next order in each of our shops using the code The Fiber Artist Podcast. All one word and spelled the American way. Sorry, Europeans and Australians. The Fiber Artist Podcast with an ER. Um, Bridie's shop, for those of you in Australia and New Zealand, it's Merrymakerstudio.com.au. And for my American and Canadian friends, I'm at NaromaStudio.com. Our links are in the show notes, so don't worry if you missed all that. Again, don't forget to enter the Fiber Artist Podcast to get fifteen percent off your next order. Okay, and without further ado, here's Brighty. Hi, Brighty. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Um, I'm so excited to, to be here. It's an honor and um... Yeah, just it's such an exciting thing
0: you're doing. Oh, I'm glad to it. thank you. Yeah, it's just so funny because so this is the first time we're like talking and looking at each other, even though we've been sort of partnering and we've known each other for, I want to say, like almost two years now, like pretty closely. And we've never actually chatted on the phone. So this is a real treat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is, definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, so let's kind of go, um, let's start from the basics. Where are you right now? Where are you living? Uh, what's your living situation? I know you have some kids, so so tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm based in Kiana, New South Wales, which is about an hour and a half south of Sydney. It's a coastal town, so I'm lucky I do live pretty close to the beach. Um, and that does inspire a lot of our lifestyle, Um, whether it's collecting driftwood or just going for walks with the family. Um, I've got two young girls. I've got an 18-month-old and a four-year-old who keep me very, very busy. Um, Yeah, I thought the older they get, the more self-sufficient they would be, and that just is not the case at all.
0: Not quite yet. Not quite yet.
2: They'll get there.
1: But You just want them to play by themselves, and they're on your leg. So doing (laughs) all these Yeah, my family by my side um, and, you know, a very supportive husband who, um, yeah, he's got his own business and he just sort of said about living conditions, so I'm living in a renovation at the moment, which um, I often sort of talk about in my Insta stories or whatever because it's very noisy and not really conducive to a zen work environment, but um yeah, it's pretty pretty lovely here in Kiama, and there's a beautiful, supportive, creative hub on the South Coast. Uh, lots of makers doing lots of beautiful things, lots of teachers and trainers, um, and yeah, I think we're pretty lucky
0: to live in little old Kiama. Yeah, that's, it sounds so lovely. I would really want to come visit someday. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll make it happen. We have to. <laughs> um. So have did you grow up there, or like, you know, when did you make the move there, and...
1: Yeah, so I grew up probably an hour south, yeah. um, close towards Huskisson, um, down past, you know, down past Nara, and moved away to go to university, um, the big smoke, and, you know, left my little hometown, moved up to go to university, um, where I studied for four years, and then I was commuting. I actually got a job back. To my hometown,
2: oh, so it nice. was commuting
1: an hour and twenty. You know, morning and night, morning and night, and it was it was okay, but I didn't want to move back home. Um, you know, because I thought I'd escaped it, um, and then I met my husband. And he lived halfway, (laughs) so it was really, it was, you know, quite convenient. Yeah, definitely. He lived here in Kayama. so um, that was an easy sort of move and we've been here ever since and we love it here and it's, um, yeah, it's where we want to raise our family. Yeah,
0: every time I see an Insta story or like when you're at the beach, I'm like, she's really living the dream. (laughs) Like for well, sure
1: yeah there is wind like even walking down the stairs today I was like <laughs> <laughs> it's the a little there's lots of trees and um yeah it's it's different definitely living in the elements
0: yeah uh, definitely bad. yeah <laughs> I feel you on that I know we moved in the country to the country six months ago and it's the same thing it's like we were it's funny this you in a sweater I forget that it's winter there right now and it's totally summer here <laughs> finally yeah. so we're always oh, living gosh. opposite. <laughs>
1: yeah it's, um, but you know the weather here it's winter or well, coming on winter but it's still you know 15 17 18 degrees and it's still beautiful you can still go for walks and for swims and oh that's nice uh, I just think we refuse to accept it's cold
0: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah you got you want to put it off as long as possible
1: yeah yeah
2: absolutely
0: all right so Take me way back to like childhood and what you, what were you like as a kid and how did you sort of, um, I mean, my whole point in this is that I really want to know people's backstories and I really want to know their origin, and how they got to, you know, how they got into fiber art. And so tell me all the little steps that kind of got you there.
1: Um, well, going back. Um, I was always people laugh my own parents laugh about this I was always a little teacher they say so I was the five-year-old that came home from school and made up homework Um, if I didn't get homework from school I would say excuse me mom can you please I would literally for hours just do homework you sound like
0: my youngest kid he does that it's so crazy who the hell
1: (laughs) you know it worked out all right Um, And, you know, I was just joking to mum the other day that she said one of the the naughtiest, funniest things, you know, as parents, your kids do something and you go, oh, that's so naughty but it's so hilarious, um, was I actually took all of her knitting yarn um, and I'm talking, you know, 20 balls and I wrapped the entire living room together. So there's an artist, Christo, who takes materials and wraps
0: Yes, I know who you're talking about, yeah.
1: And mum joked that I was the little Christo. So that was, I think I was four or five, and I just wrapped, you know, thousands of metres of wool around the dining room table and the living room and up on the, you know, the hut stand. And
0: That's awesome. Been, yeah,
1: as a five-year-old. And um, maybe that was the first introduction to, to Mary Maker. Um, But I've always loved being creative. And no matter what I was doing, um, I was always – like making and always always with my hands and you know I'm an art teacher and even when I paint I paint with my hands mm. I don't like any brushes because I'm so far from what I'm doing so I've always from a from a little from a little age um being creative and wanted to build and to make and to you know whether it's plasticine and then you know teaching little friends how to do that it's um it's just been ingrained in in my life and my parents are really supportive of that um after they uncut all of the made for them. Um, I have to say, I mean, that was really
0: cool of them to even let you go forward and do all of that to the house.
1: I don't think they knew this was <laughs> But, um, you know, I've got two older brothers um, and a younger brother as well. So I was always sort of able to do my thing. They were off doing their thing um, as, you know, boys. Mm-hmm. And I was always a girly girl. So mum always facilitated. That creative um, side of me, which you know is so is so wonderful, and it's what I encourage in my children, just to really, just to try things
0: yeah, and get messy,
1: or and get messy and make mistakes. And as a teacher, I always say, like the only um, the only um, silly question is one not asked, and the only mistake is one not made. Mm. Like that's how we grow, and um, yeah, it's a really strong belief of mine.
0: Yeah. Um, Do do either of your parents uh, work with fiber at all or are they artistic or creative? And did you pick any of that up from them?
1: Yeah, not really. I mean, my father-in-law did. So he actually did macrame in the 80s. Oh, nice. So Mm. um, my husband's dad. And when I first met Joel, my husband, um, his dad said, oh, you like macrame. I used to do macrame. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. show me what you got um and he actually pulled out some of his pieces that that are you know 45 50 years old and um and that was how we bonded as well oh that's so, so cool he now looks at my work and he comes over and goes that's not macrame <laughs> uh, because it's so different what he did all that time ago but um he's given me supplies that that oh, he that's had so cool um, you know sort of thirty five years ago, forty however old it that you know, how long ago it was, supplies and um I've given him little rolls of things for Christmases and so that's been great for us to bond. Um and also to talk about how it's changed and oh, you know yeah. it's changed so much in the last five years, let alone forty five years. So I really feel um, you know, honoured to be to be so close to an original maker who yeah. can um just hack me for what I'm doing now
0: (laughs) no that's so cool does he did he pick it back up at all
1: um yeah yeah so he was full-time and he used to travel and sell and make string and he was in with manufacturers and it was we are living very similar world oh
0: wow that's
2: amazing
1: retail to shops and in the back of his you would open it up and there'd just be a thousand plant hangers and all of this cord and he always talks about dying rope with Connie's crystals and that's what I should be doing um you know and just just things like that so it's very similar what we're doing which is great so he comes over and you know just checks it out and lets me know what he thinks
2: (laughs)
0: that's so fun that's that's like it's just so nice to be able to have a connection like that because it's not it's it's unusual you know
1: it is it is
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So then, so you're sort of, you know, very crafty and artistic as a kid. When you went to university, did you, um, did you study art or were you studying teaching or what happened there?
1: Yeah. So I, I knew I wanted to be an artist, but you know, what that is, is very broad. Um, So I went and did a fine arts degree, uh, majoring in sculpture, surprise, surprise. Um, And really just Tickled around with lots of different things. I didn't want to. I knew I was going to go into teaching, so I wanted to make sure that I was confident in a large sort of, you know, scope of things. So I did um, ceramics and pottery um, and, you know, different fibres. And then I did proper, like, sculpture with welding um, and then environmental sculpture. I've done photography. Uh, just, just everything really, painting, drawing life, drawing watercolour, um and at the end of it when you sort of go right now I'm a professional artist what do I do with that who's going to pay my bills um mm-hmm. that's when I decided to go into teaching and get my master's of education and loved it you know I love teaching it's such a, it's my world and I've been teaching for thirteen years. Um, you know it, there's nothing like giving your knowledge to someone else and then having them build on that and you know just that I say that aha moment that I've got it or you've helped me or I've grown as a person yeah. um, that, that yeah. kept me in teaching for thirteen years
0: um and what what were you were you teaching kids or were you teaching adults or I was teaching high school elective gluts,
1: so mainly eleven and twelve which is senior grade for us. Um, and electives so those people I would be working with major works so you know instead of just going today i draw I would say okay we're working on sculpture today you're doing painting and it was facilitating um, sort of 10-15 mini artists to create a body of work so I'm lucky I got to sort of filter around and, and really develop um, you know, some amazing artists, some practicing artists that today are having shows in Berlin and Moscow and four of them went to Germany a couple of years ago and they wrote a book and my name's in front of it. Oh, runaway. wow, that's so cool. You know, and even they're, they're tattoo artists, they're web designers. Um, you know, out of a class of 10 or 15, I would normally get half the class, go and become something in the art world, which for me is everything. Yeah. because. You know, the world needs more creativity um, in everything, whether it's how you dress or how you cook, um, you know, and, and to have people that just want to dedicate their life
0: to that is totally. pretty special. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, so you were teaching for 13 years. Um, along this path, when and how did you discover fiber art and that you loved it? How did it come about? Yeah.
1: Um, it's a pretty, like, pretty – close to my heart story and a few people know and I'm not shy about saying it um so I was I got really sick probably five six years ago um and I actually lost sight in my eyes so that was it was the week before I got married I pretty much and I we've discussed this before Mm -hmm. like I I um I lost vision in my eyes um and it was very full-on for me for an artist that couldn't see um And I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So that's um, an autoimmune disease that affects different parts of your body at different times. Mm -hmm. Um, My doctor gave me lots of things to do, uh, and one of them, you know, like your meditation, your your eating, all of this on top of medication. Um, But for my type A aggressive high-burning personality, when they told me to meditate, I was like, you got a chance. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember sitting at the beach going, oh. <laughs> you know, like, this is to,
0: never going to work.
1: This is never going to work. Give me something else. Um, and I really wanted to go back to do something with my hands and my heart
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. and doing something for me. So working as a teacher for that long, you know, has given me so much. But it's always, you know, it's taken stuff from me as well. So I just started making for me, for no one else, for me. Um, And that was my meditation. That was my serving out. And when I make now, people laugh. I really don't even look at what I'm doing Um, because I'm used to just feeling it and letting the fibers go. And, you know, people say, well, do you plan your work? Mm -mm. (laughs) Not with my eyes closed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I really just... Got back to practice, and my meditation was that repetitive nature, Mm -hmm. and that's where it all came from. Um, And I just loved it.
0: And how did you? um, I guess so. What made you decide to even? Did you know? Did you already know macrame at the time, or did you teach yourself? Or how did?
1: Well, I went to a few classes, and I got online, and I just wanted to. I wanted to do something. That was new to me, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'd worked with so many things um, over my teaching career, but I was very curious as to what else there was. Uh, so I wanted to do something that I could explore and create, and you know, see the possibilities in. Um, and at this point, those all those years ago, macrame wasn't really popular, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?
2: What's right. that?
1: Not knitting, crochet, what?" Um and I really didn't even tell anyone what I was doing because it wasn't about that. Um You just needed to
0: find something like to, to you relax to find- you and
1: Absolutely. And I started my Instagram page really because I'm a, you know, visual note taker and I've always had journals of paintings and pictures and, you know, I heard this thing called Instagram and I decided to start it as pretty much just a logbook of my pieces. Just so I could look back in 30 years and go look at that you know I did that I made something rather than you know like I've already got lots of um art diaries which have paintings Mm -hmm. and drawings and I just thought let's just try you know let's just try something else and
2: um
0: there's history maybe
2: (laughs) so so, so
0: were you still teaching at this time like around the time you were getting married and this happened with your site
1: yeah, yeah, so I was still teaching. I had to take uh, four months off work mm-hmm. uh, because I couldn't see and drive and that's all a bit interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I was still teaching full-time and I remember when I was diagnosed, um, it's that lightning moment where you go, right, are you happy? What are you going to do? Like is, if, if, if now was forever, would you be happy? And mm-hmm. I went, no what I'm gonna do and you know, lots of other things, you know, you like certain friends well you know, certain people and certain beliefs and all these habits just changed and I said, I want to create, I want to get out of a really stressful work environment and I just want to be happy. Yeah. Like I want to make and create and feel warm again and not so um sort of like my my job I loved, but it was it was a job and it was um, you know, I was always ranked on results and it was very, you know, lots of admin and the creative vibe which I went in there for, um, you know, like it, it was it was sort of shadowed by the admin side and mm-hmm. you know, how many band sixes did you get this year and how many students got into Art Express, which is a you know big show and got really stressful. And I just said to my husband, you know, I'm just going to make a change. Don't know what, you know, don't know what that is, but I've been a big believer that if you are so passionate about something and you do it with all your heart, you will find your people. Right. I didn't know that this world would exist.
0: Well, um, And it, and I, it certainly I, ex- just exploded that none of us could have um, not, predicted it at all. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just a big believer in just, you know, having faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, yeah. I had faith to go and do an, an art degree and my teaching degree and but that's, that's concrete. Sometimes those things that are permanent and you can lock them in, they're easier to take a risk on mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to be a macrame artist that focuses on this. You know, like paying the bills, that's a stress, all those right. things. Um, you know, just if you believe in yourself, um, you know, so will other people because I think it shows um, when you just love something to the ends of the earth.
0: Yeah, definitely. So when you first made your, do you remember your first macrame piece that you made? You still have
1: it? Uh, no, I gave it to a friend because it was nothing back then. I just made to give. Right. Um, yeah, and yeah, she's still got it. It's hanging in the hallway of her home and she loves it. And yeah, like even back then, totally, you know, just winging it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but
1: I just did it, you know, to give to friends and to keep me sane, mm-hmm. just to, um, just just to enjoy the moment which is what I still try and do when I'm making
0: and did you after you made your first one did you immediately take to it like you were like this is my thing or was it did that kind of come later when you realized that you could see a future with it
1: um yeah no definitely that was my thing um I because you'd yeah. you'd
0: practice so many different art forms, so it makes me wonder like was there something different about working with fiber than working with paint or photography or whatever else that you had been studying um
1: yeah I think that it was just the feel of it, you know the luxury fibers and actually creating it's sort of um maybe similar to what I say a thirteen year old boy doing clay. And they just love the the feeling and that it, they've created a thing. Mm-hmm. And, um yeah so I did basketry and I did weaving and I did lots of different fiber textile arts um but when I just did macrame it just stuck Mm -hmm. and it's the biggest addiction I've ever had in my life (laughs) um I totally get that oh yeah when you know you know you go to bed thinking of a piece and you wake up thinking about it and it's you know, when you get your friends onto it, you're like, yes, yeah, someone else to talk to McCroney about. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just a little thing. Um, you know, it's my life um, and I feel pretty happy that I've, I've not only made it my life but I'm now, you know, because I'm teaching it, I'm making it up because uh, I know what it is. I know what it is and I know how, you know, strong it is for so many people.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, let, well, let's talk about teaching because I have to say I I think and I don't know everybody's teaching style or whatever, but I don't know anybody who teaches uh one like a a beginner workshop as <laughs> thoroughly as I believe you do based on your students' Instagram photos. Like when you're all standing there with your finished piece, I'm like, "Oh my god, that's her beginner class. That's crazy." Yes. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about your workshops. What do you like? How do you? um, And you don't have to tell like all your secrets or whatever, but just like how how do you structure it and how how are you teaching? In I don't know. I'm I'm guessing it's about a three hour workshop or so. Um, Four hours. Four hours. Um, Okay. What I do
1: preface this with is I have a master's in teaching, and I've also got 13 years of teaching Year Eight boys. So how I deliver instructions is very. Like it's targeted to everybody. And if I can't, it's very literal um, it's, and it just works for us. Um, and I don't structure um, – I normally work from a base sort of pattern.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but every class really does just create their own from that. And some classes um, go a little slower and some classes just are really into it and we progress so fast with that. Um, but i I just am a good facilitator, I think, because I'm used to having twenty seven people in a class, like mm. in a school class. Mm. So when I've only got ten and they're grown people who want to be there, I'm like,
0: <laughs> game changer,
1: <"This>, see. <laughs> um, yeah, but i I guess I just explain and i'm I'm really thorough, and i I'm you know, with my master's in teaching, um, you learn about building steps, so what you need to teach to then teach the next thing and then the next thing um, and how to sort of develop different skills along the way um, in order to sort of – it's a bit of a uh, <laughs> um But, yeah, I, I do love my teaching and, yeah, like my, my students, are my everything, and so many of them, you know, I'm still in contact with and to have them sort of say – that you've saved me from so many, you know, dark places in my life and I was going through this and, you know, macrame really helps with that um, and, you know, thanks for your support because I, you know, they all reach out on Instagram. Um, yeah, it, it's everything and that's what it's about for me. It's yeah. about creating why I started, it, like enabling that in other people.
0: Definitely. I mean, it's such a – it is. It is one of the most healing um... – practices that i think i've personally had and i didn't i didn't even need it for a physical reason you know but it was one of those things where you could just go into it and shut down for a little while with it you know and then feel really awesome after you've made something it's like a yeah. confidence booster in a lot of ways
1: it's the best form of escapism i've ever found <laughs> yeah,
0: and the healthiest um, i guess you know yeah,
1: <laughs> versus yeah. maybe some
0: other stuff like substances yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatnot
1: um, and you know that's it's it, you're right. You know, creating something magical with your fa- with your fingers and that thread and that sense of you know structure my works. It's just feeling. Or that that cord's curving on that side, so I'm going to curve it around. And you're really just a vessel, you know, that's letting this do its thing and um, you know showing people that meditative side of of the practice um, and, and its healing benefits, as silly as that sounds, um, yeah, is, is very powerful. And I think that's why it's so popular because it, it's, you know, it, it doesn't take long to finish a piece as well. Like the beginner pieces, what they can create in four hours, they leave going, I made that. I feel wonderful. I yeah. wonder what I could
2: make next.
1: And it becomes a thing. So, you know, m- many times after the um After workshops, I often get a message from um, people saying, I'm on Pinterest looking at macrame. Who am I? I've been on here for five hours. What happened? I didn't even care yesterday. (laughs) Totally. Um,
0: They they get bitten by the bug. It just happens. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It's crazy. Um, So, talk to me about. with as far as selling your own work, do you, are you taking commissions? What, like, how do people come to you and, and request you to make something? Or do you, are you just doing, are you right now at this point, are you just selling what you, what you choose to make? Are you doing anything Um, made to order?
1: So uh, normally people will contact me through most of my work is through commissions. Mm -hmm. Um, and people just contact me on Instagram. Um, I don't – if anyone has a really strong idea of something that they want, um, I say maybe I'm not the best fit. Um, and most people will look at my pieces and say, I really like this one, I like this, and I want this size, and I'll go, okay, do you trust me? I'll have you an amazing piece in a couple of weeks, um, and that's normally – they're normally the jobs I get. Um, I don't recreate pieces because I couldn't. <laughs> um, and I don't really like um, too much guidance. Um, and if someone really wants this, I often say, Look, I'd love to teach you, come to a class, because you could create that. If you have the vision for that, you're obviously creating soul. Like you could create a piece, and there would be so much more in that for you than there would be for me. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. the accomplishment of creating that vision that you have so strongly like come and learn and that's happened before as well.
0: I love that. I love that perspective. I've never really thought of it that way and I think that's just that's such a great way to think about it because we could like drudge through doing a design of like kind of someone else's that you would make your own, etc., you know, but it's so it is. It's so much better to say, listen, like I can teach you how to do this. And if you yeah. have your own vision for something, you can make that. That's so that's so cool. Yeah. I've like just <laughs> never thought of it that way.
1: That's happened so often to me. Um, and that's more than a sale to me. Like, you know, I would, you know, I would, I want to give people the love of it and the love of fiber and the love of creation, whether that's, you know, like because they want to go on and, you know, turn it into a little business or because they just had a vision for something. Um, but most, I do make works just to sell on Instagram. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
1: just when I'm in a moment, I'll just sort of create something um but most of them now are commissions and a lot of them which breaks my heart are um so are for clients that are quite private and they don't really want it posted on instagram um so i a lot of them you don't see
2: oh, which is
1: um, yeah <laughs> but you've got to respect that as well
2: that's um, true
1: they they're paying know for a a unique piece um and they want that in their own beautiful home and not you know in everyone else's so
2: yeah I sort of do a bit of everything and
0: yeah awesome um so this part of our story may be similar so at some point in in your timeline you evolved your business into starting to sell rope how did that come about in your mind that you felt like you wanted to do that
1: um well, because
0: I was using so much <laughs> and for teaching too, yeah, I mean, I think I understand yeah, this, but just to share with other people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's you know I was I'm doing sort of four or five workshops a month um, and and teaching um, you know, like I' would go through lots, lots and lots. Um, but I found a beautiful supplier in Australia. And, and you know, we worked together and um, started selling this product and for probably maybe five or so months I just sold it at workshops. I didn't have an online store. Um, I didn't think it was a thing. Um, I was just happy to, you know, provide it to people on um, in my workshops mm-hmm. and, and it was getting really sort of difficult because if I do a workshop in Sydney, um, you know, the ladies would go, oh, I didn't buy enough. When you're in Sydney next, can you drop some over? Um, and that's how I went online, just because I, I, yeah, I had I had the need, I guess. Um,
0: yeah.
1: To do so, but um, and and from doing that, it's um, it's you know, I've just got such a curious mind. Um, and even when I make a piece, I'll go, "Oh, that looks good," but it would look even better with a bit of this. Um, so then I now you know try and find that and that may not exist which means i have to you know contact manufacturers and right. yeah. and you know it's it's still that creative soul of me so i always say i'm um, i'm the accidental businesswoman
2: um, <laughs> i
0: totally know i know what you mean
1: <laughs> yeah like i didn't do this for any other reason to support you know other people really um and and i never thought it would become what it is um and yeah it's just grown and people have been really supportive, which is lovely. And you know my, my customers are the best. Um, I'm in contact with so many of them, um, all of them really. and um, you know, they did they let me know how I've allowed them to grow as well, which is what it's all about. So it's been a beautiful journey um, you know, cause I get to meet so many, makers.
0: I know. I know. That's like, that really is one of the best things about probably the best part of this, of being in this with this perspective of, you know, of being a seller, um, is meeting so many people, which is why like it's taken me to the, to starting the podcast. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm meeting so many people and talking to so many people, but I want to have a little bit more insight into what's, you know, behind, yeah. them, behind, like what got them there. So yeah, it's really yeah. awesome.
1: And you know, I, there's no, you know, everyone who did, who macrames is lovely. <laughs> so we've got a good drawing pool. Definitely. Um, it, the makers is, you know, what makes it because I spend a lot of my time, I, you know, just sourcing for them and getting their orders ready and emailing and all that sort of thing. So if they weren't, you know, so supportive and so lovely, um, it would make it hard. But I'm just filled, um, you know, with so much, you know, so many good vibes from all of them. Definitely And I love seeing them thrive, and I love seeing them, you know, because they're making way more than I am. I'm, like, oh, I'm so jealous. You made two pieces this week, um, and I love that because I know, you know. Like our relationship with some of them is so long, I know what it means to them, and I'm uh-huh. I love that.
0: Yeah. So actually, let's talk about that. Uh, how uh, much time do you now spend making a piece versus like running the other parts of the business?
1: Yeah, the other parts is all of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my days are pretty full, and I I, I do have two kids at home. Um, so I do all this as they're on my leg. Um and you
0: know Do you, do you not do you not have childcare?
1: I do, but only two days.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm even more astounded. Yeah. How well, old I, how old are
2: they again? Eighteen
0: months. Eighteen months and four. Oh, so will your yeah. four year old will go to kindergarten next year?
2: Is uh, that what it's up. called there? Oh, the year. Yeah.
1: Oh
0: my gosh. I know. Wow. <laughs>
1: Look, my they're great sleepers. So even my four-year-old will sleep for three hours a day.
0: <gasps> oh, my God. You're so lucky. I know. Wow. Mine's, <laughs> um, my my younger one Like stopped sleeping and um, stopped taking naps at like three, I think, when he was three. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> so my day... And I've got to be mindful that I'm a mum first. Mm-hmm. So this is second. I'm a mum and I'm a wife. So, you know, I wake up and I take the girls for a walk most mornings and, you know, we have breakfast and go to the park and we'll do all that and then I become, you know, boss lady. You I go to bed. <laughs> um, you know, and then I answer emails and get orders ready and yeah. Um, I make sure that all my clients are serviced before I make anything for myself. So I used to make a piece or two a week and now I make one a month.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Which is so sad. (laughs) Um, It's what I love. But, you know, it is just a one-man show um, Mm -hmm. and my service to them, you know, is everything. So um, I need to make sure that they get their orders. So for client orders, I have it shipped the next morning. Um, because I'm as impatient as anyone. And I know that, you know, they don't want to wait.
0: Right. And it's also the pressure. Like you, you don't want to disappoint. And no. even if, even if in your stated policies, it's like, oh, within three days it will go, you know, we'll get shipped out of here. There's this pressure to just get it out that day or the next day, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I do. So my courier comes most days. Um, he doesn't even check anymore. Um, and, you know, I just make sure that, that everything's ready to go for them and everything's sorted for them. And then once that's done, because I can't really have a beautiful moment, the work I'm creating, if I'm thinking, gotta ship this, gotta email her. So, you know, I've, I've gotta have that part of the business sorted. Um, but I do, I start work at maybe seven o'clock at night. Um, so once my day is sort of
2: finished.
1: And I get to bed about one AM
0: every oh morning. Oh my gosh! That's why we're still able to like text each other. I'll be like, "What is she doing <laughs> up?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, head <laughs> yeah. six Yeah. Um. But look, it works for me now, and mm. and yeah, it just um, it it yeah, it works for me, and I just need to make sure that all my clients are, are happy mm. and serviced and. And you know getting their things straight away,
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, um, so i would I would assume that your goals when you started this business are slightly different than they now yeah. than they were when you first started, because it seems like they really it really was just like um you know just to experience the maker life and continue. Feeling really wonderful with making you know, macrame pieces, and and now it's turning into like a real you know business. <laughs> um, yeah. How how do you feel, uh, and where do you want to where do you think you want to take it in the next few years? What would your um, hopes and dreams be for it?
1: Yeah, and that's you know it's a really big one. Um, I, I I guess even back to the name, so Mary Maker Studio. It's not called friday macrame or or something i i really do have a vision of creating and i'm sitting in here now i'm in my studio now um being an art teacher i wanted to have a home like a practicing art studio where i could teach everything i know um to to school kids and to you know mature age groups and you know have wednesday you know painting classes and and that's where Um, I will go further down the track, I think. Um, But my vision first starting was that passion and that love and just getting back to making. Um, But having, you know, facilitating that in other people is so rewarding. Um, It hasn't been a negative shift that I don't make as much anymore because I see Mm -hmm. joy in other people and their stories and see them shine. And that's just like a proud mama watching over, you know, it makes me warm and, um, yeah, so that's that's that wasn't a part of my my plan uh, but it's definitely a part of my future. And I plan, um, so I've just finished the studio and my husband's so beautifully built me a lovely studio that's been the dream, you know, forever, uh, but I'm going to hold classes here pretty soon Um, So I'll have all my my macrame classes here and I'll do other classes, um, you know, even like, you know, get to know your camera and drawing and life drawing and, you know, building mugs and just things that I love. I just want to fill my world with things I love.
0: Yeah. How have your goals evolved since you first started making macrame?
1: Um, A lot's changed, I guess. Uh, (laughs)
0: It's fine. It, it's fine. It. You're totally at it.
1: <laughs> um, so I guess my goal started with me just wanting to create um, and it's gone on to wanting to facilitate other people to create. Um, with Mary Maker Studio, and I think that, you know, even with the, the choice of name, um, it's more about a studio-based art practice Um, and I'm just about to sort of launch this here and my art studio will become a place um, of creativity for everybody, um, where I will teach all of my workshops and lots of new workshops from lots of different art practices. So
2: will 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 you
0: be teaching all of them or are you going to be taking on some... Instructors or teachers?
1: Oh, uh, definitely take on instructors. I'm a big believer in you know getting people that do the right thing. Um, there's yeah. lots that I can facilitate. So you know, drawing and painting, um, and you know, even with uh, little kids, like doing little drag and sculptures, and like I love that. I love that. Uh, but definitely, I've already hooked up, hooked up, literally, um, a, a beautiful lady who's going to come and teach crochet. And just a few different things um, because within the local Kaima area there's so many people that want to learn these things and it's such a creative hub um, but there isn't really that that continual base um, right. mm-hmm. you know of things so that's I, I just want to surround myself with creative things and people and
0: you know turn the music up loud and enjoy life <laughs> uh, it really sounds amazing and then and the fact that you'll be able to do that from like your work your live work studio in your home yeah. and your kids will be close by and they'll be exposed close. to all of this, you know, like all the people coming in and out. And I'm sure they're going to grow yeah. up being really artistic as well.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I joke because Lola, my four-year-old, anywhere you take her, I need a book, mom, I need a pen. She has to be drawing. That's um, so awesome. And it's really beautiful because, you know, we. my husband jokes that she's just me as a four-year-old um good or bad so it's good that I I'm, I'm very aware of putting creativity into the world um for children so I used to have my my piece a piece in a restaurant down here and my daughter would go up to the people sitting underneath it going that's macrame it's artwork and my mum made it no she didn't because they didn't know Right, and she when we go into a place, she'll go, "Mummy, what sort of artwork is that?" And you know, I, I love that about her. It's that in, inquisitive, curious mind that we sometimes lose. So I'm, I'm, I want to facilitate that, getting as curious as possible um, through exploration, and you know, hopefully through me and
0: yeah. But totally. that's so amazing that even at that age, she can distinguish that there is a difference between art forms, you know. I don't even know my yes. kids know what art is.
1: <laughs> well, I always joke, if you don't know what it is, it's art. Yeah. But if we walk past the park and there's a
2: weird thing,
1: it's art. <laughs> um, and it's just talking about what is that and how it might ma- you know, with my teaching background is how it makes you feel and what emotion does it project on you and what do you think the artist was feeling. Um, it's great to talk because 'cause they've got answers. Like you tell me a four year old that doesn't have an answer. Like yeah. they will just make it all up. Um, it's good to put that into their frame of mind because then those questions become um, you know, questions that they ask other people and it really just does start the cycle of creation at a very, very young age.
0: That's so cool. I'm actually very inspired to start talking to my kids more about um just more about creating and more about art. And especially my younger one who is very creative, we just have him coloring all the time, but I don't really, we don't really talk about it, you know? And I guess there's so much you can bring out of them. I'm totally inspired uh, to be a better mom, right? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, there's lots
1: that wouldn't inspire you. <laughs> um, I think, you know, we all just do our thing and it's what we know. So yeah. what I know is I've been teaching art for 13 years. So that's what I know. Um, you know, I don't know how to cook. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> I don't know how, um, but I, I just want to share what I do know with everybody who listen.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome. And it's all about to happen with the studio. I'm so excited for you. Uh, yeah. When when do you have like a, an opening date goal or what's, what's going yeah, on? Yeah,
1: look, not really. And look, no one's even seen the studio um, till now. It's, it's a pretty private place for me. And I've worked my, you know, I've I've dreamt this up, and it it's like showing someone your bedroom. For me, um, you know, like I, I want to really feel comfortable in the space and really make it beautiful before I say come on in. Um, because it's a it's a big move, and once it's open to the public, um, you know, it's it's out there. So I'm just getting everything right, and you know, getting some some good energy and you know working out what I do want to do because once you know that's that's a whole another thing that I need to be serious about and um and make my mind up for so you know I need to be confident in what I'm doing and where I'm going but um I'm very excited about it and it's that you know teaching kids out of school environments was where this whole idea did start as well so it's pretty exciting to be so close
0: it is really cool um so with the way uh with your uh with your rope setup um do you currently have people who come and pick up in person or um do you is it shipping only like online yes
1: mainly online okay um i do have a few people locally um (laughs) That a lot of a lot of women at the gym um, I've taught, or they they are makers um, independently. So I do a lot of drop offs at the gym, my local gym, and um, a few people that collect from my home. Um, but at the moment, it is a construction site. Yeah, uh, doing massive renovations, and um, there's five trucks in the front, you know, front yard every every day. So <laughs> crazy, you this. know. Stepping over all the ladders to get their little cotton. Um, so mainly it's just online, but that'll all change once it's once it's finished, and they can then come and have a look at you know the rope wall and pick colors and feel the fibers and.
0: That'll be you know, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. I'm, I'm just picturing you like dragging these these rolls of rope to the gym. It's like you don't even need to go to the gym if you're carrying all that stuff home. They're so heavy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because there's so many, like, there's so many makers locally um, and they just so happen to all go to my gym, which is great. Um, you know, and that's beautiful too. I just, I, you know, I love that, that people just get out of it what, what we do.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, So actually, you're talking about the gym. Do you have any, like, daily routines or rituals that, you, that are just, like, non-negotiables for you as far as either staying creative, staying motivated staying healthy.
1: Um yeah, I'm pretty locked into um I've got days I do things. So this morning, even though I went to bed at you know 12:30, um I was up at 4:30. Um and I go for a run. So Tuesdays oh and Thursdays am um, I go for a run and then I go to the gym and then I come home. Um and they're sort of work days. So um So, and then I just lock into work and I get into emails and then I get into, you know, to orders and replying and Instagram and um, I'm pretty mindful in what I, how I treat my body with my illness. Mm -hmm. um, I eat extremely well and I joke that I can't cook because I I don't actually hate food. So, I'm not a
0: raw. Are you on a raw diet?
1: I didn't know it was a thing. It's a But thing. I be pretty close. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like <laughs> so a guanacaltera thing.
1: I <laughs> ah, should call up. Um, yeah, well, I didn't know that was a thing. So I just really eat salads and, like, really g- green everything. So if it's green, just put it in a bowl with a bit of lemon, and I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm mindful, you know, to keep my body strong. You know, because with MS you can lose the use of – legs and arms and I just need to make sure that I'm as fit as I can be if that ever happens. Um, And obviously, you know, you are what you eat. So I'm, I'm mindful that I need to, you know, like fuel my body um yes I've got a pretty good diet to the detriment of my husband's like I can't take you anywhere do you want pizza no I want a kale salad (laughs) (laughs) um you know but that's that's you know brushes off on the kids and you know Lola says to me "Mummy, is this healthy is this good for my body and you know not in a shaming way just like where did that where did that lettuce come from? You know, the garden, and where did this come from? So just learning about things and being as natural as possible, and yeah, learning what
0: works for you. Which yeah, is mm-hmm. That's awesome, though. It's it's a good thing to pass on. My kids eat so horribly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'll cook, but they don't. I don't know. Whatever, kids. They don't want to eat anything except for crap food. No.
1: Well, Lola will <laughs> eat a whole plate of just broccoli and cauliflower.
0: Lyder. Okay. But for real, can we just switch? Like, can you just parent my kids for a while? No. <laughs>
1: because... <laughs> I'm seeing your story. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah, it's true. Girls, you wouldn't up. be able to handle the boys.
1: <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I see I've got nephews and I just look at how boisterous they are. And my girls are sitting down drawing. And, you know, the worst thing is is someone put the, the you know, they swap the textures over. And I've got these boys outside with throwing dinosaurs at each other. I couldn't parent boys.
0: They're just so physical. They're so physical.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So energetic. I know. And I only have a sister, so I don't even – like I don't know what this is. I just – I stand back and I just stare at them. Like I'm like – they're like a different species. (laughs) It's so crazy. But, you know, the
1: the best. They are. They are. The best. That yeah. energy, yeah. Um, you know, when when it continues, they will, you know, conquer the world. Really, because it's that. It's just passion. It's just fuel. You know, it's fire, and that's what you know makes strong people. It's true. So it's it's such a great
0: thing. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, ooh, I keep hitting my microphone. Um. Do you have anything coming up other than the studio? I guess that um that you wanted to promote or talk about. Um any new uh I don't know any new fibers coming out that you're going to be offering soon, or um well,
1: today I've just um so one fiber that I think we both stock um, is the felted wool
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've just been unpacking my latest delivery of of the product. I worked with the manufacturer with that um I love the felted wool. But once again, I was I was doing the work personally and I said, oh, I wish this was, was a bit thinner, a bit like, you know, a bit more like wool but not as thin, a bit more pliable, a bit more this. And I've worked with the supplier to create what I call the art yarn. Um, and I just did it as a bit of a test run and people just love it. Yeah. So I just got right. like a million... You know,
0: boxes turn up on my doorstep
1: yesterday. And so lots of, lots of today. new colors,
0: lots of new colors in the, um, in the art yard? Yeah,
1: I've got 40 colors.
0: <gasps> awesome. So you Australians yeah. get on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I think there's my – I've got to remember with the business that I'm always better, not bigger. So I won't do anything over here if I know it affects what I've already got. Um, so, because my client base is everything. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that, you know, I don't want to go on to these fancy grand things if I can't actually structure them all. So I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Um, I've got a few... I did a few special photo shoots um lately, so there's been a couple of magazines and Yay.
0: online blogs, which is pretty exciting. Are you allowed um, are you allowed to talk about which ones yet or do you need to keep uh, that under wraps?
1: Yeah, no, maybe when they come out.
0: Okay. I it,
1: I still feel a bit numb from it, um, to be honest, because you know, when these people call you up, I'm like, Is this a prank? <laughs> People pulling me for um yeah, but i I think that's great as well that people do are starting to appreciate this, and you know like I had a team of three people turn up here with a you know camera crew and a lighting guy and photographer, and you know it just makes you appreciate um you know it makes you think that what you're doing, you know you're on the right track, and um it's not just what I do for myself but what I do for other people, and that's how I've sort of got my name, um yeah, but just happy doing what i'm doing
0: definitely enjoyment. so with all, with the recent publicity that will be coming through did those all uh, came to you or have you been putting yourself out
1: no i do not at all <laughs> i'm too embarrassed <laughs> um, no i'm just the maker of home in her pajamas <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's how i feel every day <laughs> um,
1: so no they um they've all came to me which has been pretty humbling that's awesome uh, and and amazing uh, it's been a beautiful process, um, but you know, just yeah, and I think it, I think it inspires other makers as well. Like, um, you know, that could be me, and you know, I could be in those pages. And look what I can do if I if I just you know stick at it. And it's such a it's a new world. Like this is such this is a new job. This didn't exist five years ago or ten years ago. Um, so letting people know that there is. Um, you know, like you can do this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I love that I can inspire people from doing that. Um, but yeah, I've just filmed some um, sort of some online workshops, I guess you could say. Oh, awesome. Uh, I
0: didn't know about this.
1: Yeah, well, I was going, I mean, I'm a school teacher. So for the last however many years, I have created systems.
2: Um, it's a bit of my thing, but I wanted to, Oh, I lost you again. Are you there?
0: Do you hear me? Yes. Okay. So hold on. Uh, so go back to, um, okay. So you create, create, you, you create systems and so you're, you're starting to do the videos.
1: Oh, okay. So um yeah, so I've spent my life teaching and, you know, creating patterns and workshops and that's, that's what I've done. Um, so I didn't really want to go down the pattern, like writing patterns, because mm-hmm. it's what I've always done, which it would be so simple for me to just continue it. Um, but I've changed a bit, I guess. So I'm just looking to create, lots of people say they can't make it to workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just looking at, you know, making a way that I can make it more accessible to everybody. Um,
0: Awesome. So when do you hope to launch that?
1: Oh, well, I've got the patterns. I've made them. um, Maybe how long does it take to edit a video?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends on your editor. Are you doing it? Are you editing it?
1: Um, Well, I know how to use those programs, but once again,
2: hire people.
1: Um, Yeah, like I'll just do it at 2 a.m. So (laughs) um, look, they're not they're not massive things for me at the moment um, because I've got so much else going on, but it's definitely something that I'm exploring. Um, yeah. But, you know, just targeted to what my people have asked for, yeah. really just giving them what they want. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Especially the mandalas. They all want a mandala.
0: Oh, awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a good one. Um, and I also don't think I've seen uh like a mandala tutorial or anything out there, so awesome. Yeah,
1: um, I haven't. I mean, I hadn't seen anyone. I did the classes mm-hmm. and they've been popular just as a point of difference um, and it's a bit of a intermediate class. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, just, just you know, do, mixing it up, you know, adding a bit of spice, a bit of flavor to the macrame world.
0: Yeah, um, for
2: sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, so um, one of the things that I – I uh, know about your work is that it really stands out to me as in a, as a style that I think is very individual to you and your voice really comes very clearly through. Like every time I see you post to work, I don't even have to look at the name. I know it's yours. Um yeah. and you know you and I we run um uh, the macrame movement Facebook group together. Um and I there's a lot of discussion about uh Copying and inspiration and all that kind of stuff, um, and I think you and I we we talk about it, and we really want to just support people to find their own voice in this field that has become yeah. really popular, and some may say, uh, quote unquote, saturated. But um, yeah. what what kind of advice would you give to people who want to try to find their own unique voice in, in this in this um, um, art or craft?
1: Yeah, just just take it slow. Um, you know, I have some people that do a workshop and then, you know, on the weekend and then on the Tuesday they've got a macrame page and they're, you know, selling these pieces that they made 40 minutes ago, yeah. um, which is fine. But, I, you know, if you, if you want longevity in this, you've got to find your own voice and your own style. And most people that start fast and hard will do so by copying um, the works of others which if you're if you're doing it to hang in your daughter's room and no one's going to ever see it and no one knows it exists you didn't sell it you haven't offended the maker because I think what's lost in that is we might spend 15 hours on a piece that is our heart and then you see someone recreate it and it's not their heart right. and it's you know, it's, it's when you make it with such love, um, you know, it can be sort of upsetting to see that.
0: Um, it's hurtful. But, I mean, it's like straight up hurtful. Yeah. It's, and, I, and, you know, when we talk about these, this, I think I should be very clear that I'm not talking about these very kind of uh, simple patterned pieces that you're going to see you know, in in old macrame books or uh, just practice pieces or whatever. We're talking about these extremely intricate um, non-accident type pieces, you know, that you're seeing recreated.
1: And as we know, you know, there are only a few knots. Um, But what you can do with those knots, it really is, you know, there's no limit. And to um, some of them, there is no accident. Um, that they have been straight-up copies. And I sort of just say, you know, you're not going to grow creatively if you're looking at someone else's thing because you're not there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We can't compare ourselves to someone next to us. And when, you know, I'm teaching my class, I always say to people, look, don't look at the person's square knot next to you. If I was to give you all a sentence and a piece of pen and paper and we were to write it down, some of you would write big, some of you would write small, some of you would fill the whole page and not write on the lines, but it would still read and it would still be legible. So don't be concerned about making like that person because you love what they do. Create from your heart, Mm -hmm. play around, and and you might develop just this beautiful natural style that everyone else loves what you do, Uh, but it's giving yourself just that time to learn and time to grow and don't try and, you know, be something two weeks after you just learned, you know, just give yourself that space to grow. Absolutely. Um, it is hurtful when someone, um, you know, I think the one, I've had one piece copied a few times um, and it was, you know, and, and the maker sort of contacted me and because I was tagged in it, oh, this looks like, you know, Merrymakers, and she, and she said, oh, yes, yes, I was inspired by her piece, and it was just the same. Yeah. Uh, and, look, it, it's hard because, you know, you go into Target here and you go into to those places and, you know, you can get a macrame for $40, which, you know, and it, in that side of things I always say to people, well, well i go to Target and, to get an $8 singlet, rather than going to the boutique. So that you're always going to have, there's a different market for everybody right. as well. Um, but I think if you're going to be a maker and a, you know, unique, you know, fibre artist making them to sell not, you know, not in department stores, you've just got to find your own voice because that will give you so much confidence when you, once you get it and, you know, it will give you so much um, cred. Mm-hmm. In, in the world that you created this this beautiful piece on your own,
0: yeah, you know the other thing i i it just um came to me, and I think we talked about it a long, long time ago, but that uh I mean, with your pieces, for example, anyone who's gonna who's able to copy <laughs> yeah. one of your pieces clearly means that person has a lot of skill, yeah. like visual skill, technical yeah. skill it's it's all there, so yeah. It's almost like there's just no reason to copy because that person is clearly so talented already. They just need to dig a little deeper, you know? Yeah. And I
1: think it comes back to, you know, because I have quite a big social media following, um, it it comes back to that. And people may think, oh, if I make this, it might get this many likes or this many, you know. And for me of late, um, you know, we've just got to remember that that's nothing, you know, social media and the likes is not a value of how good you are or your worth or yeah, or anything. Um, and and we really, as creatives, we're all pretty emotional people. We can't um, we can't look to that as a way to judge value. Um, or even if you, if you put up a photo and it doesn't get 500 likes, it must be crap or down. I posted at the wrong time. Um, you know, it just takes away from the heart of it, and that's. When we first started, I didn't say, Oh, well, my business plan is to get a thousand likes on every photo. That's right. not, it was to love it. Yeah. And if I love it, to
0: the love rest it and share be. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, hard. I right know. Uh, Social media makes us narcissistic in so many ways. And it's also wonderful in so many ways, you know. But yeah, yeah it's definitely that double edged sword that you just have to find a balance with.
1: I was having a conversation with a friend just the other day. Um, and, you know, and we said at the end of our days, when all is done, we're going to wish that we had more time, um, to, you know, to spend with our family and to do what we loved. We're not going to wish we had a thousand more followers. Mm -hmm. That is like, it's, it's nothing. Um, and you know, it's, it's a great platform where we can meet so many people, but it it also can be pretty crappy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. it makes people feel you know, like that we're competing and it's, it's not about that. There is room for
0: everybody. Um, totally. Yeah. No, I know. It's a, it's a tough, um, it's a tough to balance to find because I think we, and every, I mean, I have to assume everybody at some point feels this comparison or competition with it and with ourselves and seeing other people that we perceive to be doing better or, you know, all of that. And it's, it's, it's just not always, you know, it's not healthy, and so um, yeah. I think, I mean, I I personally struggle to find that balance, and I think, you know, I I, I assume you do too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully, we can all strive to be better in that sense and just feel <laughs> yes, good about yeah. what we're doing in our own in our own world and just make our you know do what we can to make ourselves better, right?
2: Yeah. You well, know? I always say the
1: best, bits of, the best bits of my life don't make it to social media.
0: Yeah, which is so true
1: because the the best parts of your life are the moments it's not the post photo yeah. um yeah and that's what it's all about I guess so totally. I think when you make this starting out it's it's really good to encourage you know growth <laughs> like you're not gonna go from five followers to ten thousand, but even though you might be making as good as that person that has all these followers um you know you wanna as they say you wanna crawl before you can walk yeah
0: definitely good good advice and I love that analogy with the like with the writing that's such a good analogy yeah Um, yeah it's
2: true
0: I'm gonna steal it but you guys all know now because y'all heard it you guys all just heard Bridie say it so you take it I forgot this is a podcast for a second (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Um, no one will ever know yeah
0: um. All right. So I guess I mean this is like the that was like the um, the bulk of the conversation. But I have a couple of fun just like speed round questions yep. that I wanted to ask. Um, what is one of the things on your bucket list?
1: Uh to go live in Indonesia.
0: Oh, to live, not just visit. Oh, yeah, you, you visited a bunch of times, right?
1: Yeah, we go there all the time, um, and we want to go and live there oh, uh, for a couple okay. of years.
0: That's yeah. craziness. Yeah. Cool. I I would like not? to see that
1: happen. Just why not?
0: Yeah. You home. you know why not. That's true. That's true. Cool. Yeah. Um if you were a color, what color would you be? Fuchsia. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yes. I could see that. A pink, a pink girl just
1: yeah,
0: don't cry. It just
1: makes me happy.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, if you had one free hour a day, what would you do with it?
1: Yeah, make and drink
0: coffee. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I agree yeah. with that. Either that or I, at this moment, I want to say sleep
2: because it's yeah. late here. <laughs> I'm so
0: tired. But uh, <laughs> um Okay. If you had a time machine, what point in the past or future would you visit?
1: Oh, who knows? I mean, I'm not one at looking in the past because I've been there. I've done that. Um, But, you know, anything to do with my kids. So, you know, maybe I could rewind to when they were born so I could relive that again. Um, You know, because they're getting old And, you know, Lola's four, and sometimes I just turn around to little Miss Sassy, and um, yeah, like, they're growing up, and I just want to be there every second. If Maybe I could rewind back to, you know, the day they were born, and I think you just take it in better now that they're getting older.
0: Yeah. You forget about how hard it is, like, well, I don't know, your little one's 18 months. I feel like that was a really hard time for for me, personally, like, when they're really young toddlers, but um, yeah, I know. I know lately I've been like, ooh, should we have another one? And then I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no. I take it back. (laughs) Shh. Leave. Go away. I did not put that in the universe. (laughs) I don't have that thought
1: at all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, probably something. I don't like thinking about the past, but definitely it'd be family related. Um, Yeah. yeah.
2: Cool.
0: Okay, last one. Um, What is your current favorite Instagram account?
1: Oh, probably nothing related. Um, They're always, I listen to a lot of podcasts.
0: Oh, good. That Um, was going to be one of my other questions.
1: So, yeah. ah, (laughs) Yeah. So, I love Gary Vee. um, Oh, he's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like Lewis Howes on podcast, The School of Greatness.
0: Oh, I've never heard that one.
1: Yeah, I just like listening to people that are powerful and positive. Um, I don't watch TV at all. Um, I, you know, I fill my world, you know, working from home, I'm by myself a lot, so I just fill my ears and my mind with positivity. Um, Yeah, Lewis Howe, The School of Greatness is a good one. Okay. Um, Yeah, just sort of. Anyone, Oprah, anyone, anyone that's gonna sing love through my ears.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just like pump you up, right? Like kind of pump you up for the day, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we all need a we all need a little pump up. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm gonna check those out. Yeah, do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Friday. This was amazing to finally yeah. talk to you, and I feel like I like truly know you now, and I'm gonna come visit and. <laughs> and yeah, someone's gonna turn like you one day, Wait, what would you say?
1: Someone has to turn the mic on you oh, one
0: day. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, we were thinking about doing an episode where somebody interviews me. I was talking to Megan Shimek for, um, like, yeah. I interviewed her last week, and she was like, "Maybe I'll do the interview for you." So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome.
1: No, it's it, and you're doing such a great job, and you're such a beautiful, humble, supportive. You know, mentor, um, you know, what you do for the fiber world is is second to none. You are. Oh, you're so sweet, right? <laughs> well, you know, and you probably, you know, like, you're just amazing, and, you know, I value our friendship so much, and, um, like, you just inspire so many, and that is such a beautiful thing to do in the world that's so busy, you, you, you fill people
0: up. Oh, thank you. I feel the same way about you, so that's amazing. Yeah. It's so nice to hear. <laughs> I want mean, to give you a big hug. <laughs> yeah, I <can> hear you. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much, Friday. and um, have a wonderful day, because I know it's a morning over there, and I yeah. will... See yeah. you on Insta soon. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on naromastudiocom slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple podcast to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.